Keeps it right side for Jones. Miller, a wide open three at the top. Got another one. Murray State has pulled off the opening round. But the most important thing for this Murray State team is at the buzzer, they win it. Welcome into the third and final Racer Rundown podcast of the fall semester. It is Blake Sandlin, sports editor of the Murray State News here, joined by Gage Johnson, senior writer, and <laughs> and Adam Redfern and Keenan Hall, our soccer and rifle beat writers. Good job, Blake. Yeah, That's what I do. I remembered my job. I do tennis in the spring, too. That's right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I haven't fired you by that. Uh, okay, so <laughs> so as the semester winds down, we have a few sports still going on. Men's basketball obviously just ramping up. Same with women's and volleyball starting to wind down with their uh, could be final game coming on Friday. But uh, we're not going to jinx them. <laughs> uh, let's start with men's basketball. Uh, obviously, I'm sure you all watched the game. Oh, yes. Alabama on Monday, uh, 72-78 game. Mustache. Interesting fact about that game, Blake. Uh, John Morant has been pressed with murder charges for dunking. Right <laughs> yeah, he absolutely ruined his career. Yes, and, uh, it, it was, it was pretty much collective. So it's sixty percent of the other team. That's some right. math. I mean, obviously, John Morant was the focal point of this game, and I think really stole the show from the whole fact. I don't think we any of us really cared that Alabama won, considering just how pronounced Jot was in this game and how he kind of burst onto that national scene. Yeah, like, and we played close the entire game, so sure. it was never like it was never like Alabama had a twenty point lead and murdered, and John yeah. Morant got like a useless dunk. I mean, the dunk at the, it was at the end of the game where they were down six, right? They stayed close, and they had a lead at one point. So I mean, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a cl- I mean, Alabama was supposed to finish seventh in the SEC. I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Sure. I mean, they were. I think they took the lead with about 13 minutes left in the second half. They had a great second half, I thought. They got out-rebounded in the first half, kind of dug themselves a hole. And I think, and obviously that 12-2 run that Alabama went on in the second half, about nine minutes to go, that really did them in. Um, I think you can kind of attribute that to turnovers. Turnovers on both sides, though. Um, The the thing is, if you look at turnovers, Alabama actually turned the ball over more than Murray State did, I think, 21 21 to 18 there. So, I mean, you can't say we didn't have chances. 30 points off turnovers to Alabama's, I think, 20 points off turnovers. So, we had the opportunities. I think it came down to really execution. Mm -hmm. Um, Interior defense, Alabama, I thought was the biggest, um, biggest inhibitor for us to, I mean, getting our offense going. Obviously, Jaw was really the only look that we could get, and he took, what, 29 shots. But he hit, um, yeah, he did a great 16, 16 for 29. Over 50%. Yeah, Next leading good. score was, was Shaq with nine, but, I mean. That's, that's the downside to that, that we had nobody off the ball that was really scoring outside of Ja. Nobody right. else in double figures, which is really upsetting. It's tough, and obviously this stuff is going to be a little bit more emphasized when you're playing a team like oh, Alabama yeah, versus an OVC schedule. I mean, OVC, when you play a game like that and you have John Morant dropping 38 points, it's that's probably going to be a 20-point yeah, win to be a to be fair but I mean to play I mean I, I think it it shows the flaws that we have um, 
And those flaws are, I mean, yeah, well, we need something like that, sure. The season, yeah, for the, sure. The, the, the turnovers is what seems to be the reoccurring theme. Turnovers, yeah. What, what was it, the last game we had 21, and then this game we had First 18. game was 21. First I think the, the game after was 16 against Wright State. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, like, you can, it doesn't matter if you turn over, like, we turned them over 21 times. It still doesn't matter. At the end of the day, 18 turnovers turns into a bunch of points. Let me see how many points off turnovers. Still 20, hurt us. 20 points off of turnovers. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's unacceptable. Yeah. And you can't have that. Shaq with nine. Nine points. Um, after that, really, was it next leading score was was Breon with five, or excuse me, uh, yeah, seven from Mike and and six from Tevin. Um, so not much help on that side. And I think the biggest thing took from that as far as Murray State's deficiencies is we need a secondary scoring option. Yeah. If that isn't isn't present, then I think the Racers they won't struggle in their conference. Yeah. But I think that Just non-conference slay with with say Auburn and Middle and. <laughs> From the SIU for sure. Like these teams coming up, someone has to step up because I mean, yeah. he's being double teamed. The opportunity is there yeah. for these guys to oh, score. Oh yeah, I mean, there's plays where literally people were just they make you make two passes and it's a bucket. The, oh yeah, to the open guy and the open guy holds it for like a second. Right. And yeah. And Our bigs had some trouble. The length bothered them. Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah. Their finishing abilities were a little bit hindered no. by by far no. in in that game. Yeah, and as as we talked about, 38 points for Jaw, uh, nine rebounds, five assists. I was just looking at the stats before. Came in here, uh, Jaw's now sixth in the country in points per game, um, and he is tied for first in assists per game with averaging nine. He is, um, he's also now projected to go 10th in next year's draft if he were to leave to the Brooklyn Nets. Right, that's the latest mock drafts uh, if, predictions. If, if. If, yeah. It's a foregone conclusion. You have to speculate. You have to, but, I mean, I think – I mean, I think it goes without saying he probably will. Yeah, in a game like this on the national scale or against a, a Power 5 team, that definitely hurts us. I mean, helps his case when yeah. a lot of people will point to maybe the, the cupcake schedule that Murray State will play the rest of the year as maybe justification as to why he shouldn't be a high draft pick. But yeah. I think this helps. I mean, when you so get got Auburn on the schedule. Yeah. Sure, another chance. When you, when you garner comparisons to an early Russell Westbrook from UCLA <laughs> and Avery Johnson obviously had some lofty comparisons as well. Sure. Naming Stockton and Isaiah Thomas and things like that. Like, that's just – it's, it's not bad. Pretty, it's pretty good. It's not bad. You know, it's yeah. to, to some future Hall of Famers. Yeah, it's, it's just, just what, Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah, Hall of Famers and future Hall of Famers is nothing. Yeah, it's something a, slight. I heard a uh, Dame Lillard comparison without the jumper right now. Really? Yeah, I can he's see that. He's still going to improve that, but oh yeah, he's, he's around yeah. the rim. He's sure. Unstoppable. Yeah. He's crafty. He's extremely crafty. Right. Like, he handles the ball like he has this really like weird like it, where it looks really loose, kind of like like Steph Curry. Like you know, the ball looks like you could just take it, but like as soon right. as you reach for it, I mean, it's gone. It's somewhere else. Right. Or, and I, th- I think a big thing about, about that and that his his ability to maybe keep the ball from opponents is just how he changes speed so mm-hmm. quick. Like I mean, if you just watch, it's so calculated. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. If there's a defender, another defender comes, he might kind of yeah. back up for a second and just go split the defense. So I mean, it, it's that's that's that the easy. thing too. I I want people to realize that they shouldn't take like he had ten turnovers in that game. He's had turnovers a lot this season. Yeah. But that's something you have to realize. He is going to be the primary ball handler all the time. And like he's with, playing, he's with playing the, 40 minutes a game. Yeah, sure. with, with Daquan out, we don't really have that other point guard. So he's forcing, basically forcing himself to make a lot of plays and set up for a lot of other people because we don't really have anybody that I think just you can give them the ball and then go get a bucket. Sure. So, and I, I mentioned that scoring option. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Daquan might fit into that yeah. role. I mean, I, I think – Obviously, we want to look to Tevin. Tevin yeah. will probably be maybe the, the other guy. That. I feel like if we can, if Tevin can figure out a little pick and roll, that'll really help a little bit. Right. And I, I talked with a few other media members about this. Uh, Tevin, I think, basically they're just running them off of screens, mostly mm-hmm. on the baseline right now. Mm-hmm. And against Alabama, that didn't work whatsoever. No. Whether it was just not them them not screening effectively or whatever it came down to. Yeah. But 
Tevin, he, he has to be able to create shots himself. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, there's a, there's a place for spot-up shooters. You can get points off of that. But I think if you want to take that next step, um, just I mean, just look at Jonathan Stark, a guy that can create his shot. He wasn't just a yeah. catch-and-shoot type of type of player. Um, if we are, we're going to get that type of scoring boost from someone else, he's got to be able to create his own shot and off the dribble and not just – off screen. Yeah, I, I think it'll come. You know, it's still mm-hmm. basically sure. it's freshman. He's a freshman, year, pretty right? much. Pretty much. So it'll it'll develop. But defensively, we got to stay out of early foul trouble. Mm-hmm. That really that hurt us. us on the yeah, that definitely hurt. Lot, having you know? Shaq, having Shaq, and I uh, think of Sanchez too go out early. Right, Sanchez right. obviously yep. hurt the post, and then Shaq being the best defender on the mm-hmm. floor probably is yeah. give, give or take. Obviously, right. you know but, we like to run. And yeah, that's sure. Thing, getting I mean, everybody else to score other than Josh. Yeah, he had four steals last. Shaq yeah. had four steals last night, and that's something he did a lot last year. So that's what you kind of expect from Shaq. Sure. Yeah. But that will be on the minds of Murray State's coaching staff in the coming weeks as they face a pretty tough uh, non-conference schedule. They'll have Prairie View on Saturday. That shouldn't be much of a uh, much of a hurdle, but. After that, you'll have Middle Tennessee, uh, Southern Illinois, and then Jackson State, Evansville, Auburn, um, and then basically you're getting into your getting into your conference after that. So I mean, there are some tough tests on there. I think there's plenty of time to figure it out. But uh, anyways, let's transition from that onto women's basketball. They have a game. As we are recording this in a couple hours, they'll be facing Arkansas State. Um, big test for them. We've seen a few blowouts, but Gage, obviously our women's basketball writer. Um, what do you think – what racer team – I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. In the games we've played so far, where have you seen maybe the most accurate portrayal of, of how this racer team is and in what game, you know? Uh, I mean, they've mostly all been blowouts throughout the, the year. I would say the first half of the Butler game. Okay. That first half, you really saw them play pretty good against Butler. When we, when we keep the turnovers down and we're steady and in control, that's what I think is really impressive. Like, they want to get up and down the floor – but at the same time, they do fairly well in the half-court offense. The defense and turnovers is what it always comes down to, for Rochelle at least. She's always said defense, definitely, but turnovers are a huge part. That's then that's the other thing that surprised me most about this team. They, we have four people, I think, that are averaging in double figures. So, like, at any given night, anyone could be the leading scorer. Like, in that Butler game, I don't think – Lex had scored over double digits, and then she hit five threes, had 15 points in that Butler game. So, I mean, their their offense has looked really good, I think, against bigger and better teams. It's kind of – it's still – even though we still have Evelyn, it's definitely better than last year. There's still, at times, that post presence a little bit. Mm-hmm. But just, just defense, communication seems a little laxed at times. Sure. And then uh, I'd say, yeah, just the, the only thing on offense that worries me is the turnovers. At times we seem to make silly or lax decisions that just up, end up hurting us in the end. But uh, this, this game against Arkansas State should be a, a dub because they, they lost to Lipscomb. They're 1-4. They lost to Lipscomb, and the last game we played was Lipscomb, and we beat them by 36. Yeah. So, so we haven't really had a true test other than Butler. Yeah, I wouldn't um, say because considering – it's over 20. We've won by more than <laughs> yeah, 20 every business. game except for Butler. Sure. So, and, I, I mean, they'll be facing a tougher schedule in the games to come. Looks definitely. like Illinois. Uh, uh, this out, well, we actually lost this team last year, so I'm interested okay. to see. We lost to Alabama A&M last year, so I'm interested to see what they do 
they're one and three this year, so I mean it could just be whatever. But they also lost to Illinois by twenty eight. So. Ten point win against uh, yeah. Tennessee State for Alabama A and They also lost to Lipscomb, so there you go. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's women's basketball right now. Um. Let's speak a little bit of this. Macy Turley, um, her second freshman player of the week honor, uh, OBC announced just announced today. What kind of effects? has she had on the court this year and like in what ways is it different to the point guard play we had last year um i mean last year i don't know i don't know that you had a true point guard last year to be honest like janika played the role obviously but kj also took up the ball a lot so i don't yeah. think you really it was more just Jan- give it to kj yeah, and- i don't think janika really got that chance to play a true point guard role <laughs> but uh regardless macy turley when macy turley's on the floor they're a better team she is extremely efficient outside of her struggling shooting game against Butler, but she is very poised and runs offense extremely well. She's, they seem more calm and more fluid when she's on the floor on offense, mm-hmm. and that's just the big thing that she's brought. And then she's also a scoring threat, just like any any other of them. She's one of the four that averages uh, in double figures. So, yeah, 14 points a game, second leading scorer behind Evelyn. So... When you have her on the floor, they're just way more efficient, and they're just she's a floor general. Sure, and I mean it, it speaks. I mean, obviously we're three and one right now, maybe haven't played the toughest schedule, but it speaks to, I mean, how much of a difference that collective approach to scoring has over maybe that. Here, KJ, take the ball and mm-hmm. work your magic and score, yeah. face double I think, teams, whatever. I think she's definitely benefited too for having Janika when they're on the floor together. They can also kind of co-run the mm-hmm. offense a little bit. Yeah, and I think that's something she can learn a little bit from Janika, which is nice. So I mean that that definitely helps. And then having that post presence too now with Evelyn yeah. helps too. Clears spreads the floor spreads for the floor, sure. Definitely. So that's that's huge. And then uh, Lex being a great shooter has also obviously helped. Uh, one thing to notify everyone macy gibson season ending surgery uh is her i think acl or meniscus so we're not for sure but i'm gonna wish her a speedy recovery she'll be out for the season and what kind of effect uh, i meant to get to this but what kind of effect does her absence have on the, on the team i know she was maybe well, going to fill a little bit of a, yeah, a she, void in, in in the uh the post right yeah she she got to play two games and she had, she didn't log a ridiculous amount of minutes but you saw that potential and that was that was such a weird injury because it didn't look like anything serious. Right, sure. She it just looked like she kind of twisted her ankle, so it was like one of those weird like she came down weird, and it just it didn't look that bad. And then it wasn't until I think a week later they announced it. But her she she can shoot a little bit. She's got a little bit of a jumper, and then she she done fairly well in the post so far. She's, she's poised to have a good career here. I think. Sure. Do you see uh, Sakia Mack stepping up more mm-hmm. now? She's the outlaw. Yeah, she has in the few games that she's been gone. She's gotten to get a little more playing time. And Sakia's smaller in terms of height, but she can hold her own in the post, and I, I like I like watching her. She goes hard. <laughs> so uh, from women's basketball, we will transition to volleyball. I think the last of our active sports, if I'm correct, uh, going on as most everything starts to wind down. Uh, volleyball on Sunday announced they will be heading to the University of Kentucky 
to play in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Ra- or excuse me, the Wildcats are the number 10 seed in the tournament and are currently on a 21-game win streak after sweeping the whole SEC. So obviously a tall task for the Racers. What's our win streak at? Uh, Murray State is on a 16-game win streak at the moment. Another hot team, obviously, but they're going to face a tall task in the Wildcats on come Friday in Lexington. Um, Adam, I know you haven't covered this team all season long, but, I mean, you've been around enough and to see kind of how they play, and, and you've looked at this Wildcat team. What kind of um, challenge does this pose? Uh, Kentucky is a great team. They, like you said, 21 confirmed. games. Yeah, confirmed <laughs> big volleyball team over there. Uh, you know, their overall record's 24 and 4. They had a they had a bunch of early season losses where mm-hmm. I think they were kind of feeling the team Just out. like us, I guess. Yeah, you know, they were feeling the team out, trying to get everybody in the right spots. Um, their closest, they had a 3 2. Their only, like, the closest SEC game they had was 3 2. So, full, full, full five set, but that was one game sure. in the entire SEC play. The last nine of their 10 SEC games, they won 3 0. So I mean, you know, they're looking pretty strong. They have some mm-hmm. really good upperclassmen in the in the hitting, like on the attack department. You know, they got Leah Edmond from uh, from from Lexington, hometown girl. She has four hundred and sixty one kills this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 good. It's not yeah. bad. And then uh, you got another. You got Brooke Morgan. She's a senior from uh, Iowa. She's got she got two hundred twenty eight kills. And they have a couple underclassmen who are also performing really well. And uh, Allie, I can't read that. Allie Staller, she's a freshman from Indiana. She has 232 kills, so, I mean, mm-hmm. that's big. And um, and towards their d- defense, their libero, uh, Gabby Curry, she's a sophomore out of Georgia, and she has 435 digs. So this team is, I mean, they're solid. Yeah. The Offensively, defensively, they seem well-rounded. Uh, Murray State's going to have to play one of their be- best games of the year to compete with uh, Kentucky. I mean, it's plausible. Anything can happen, of course, but – this is a big task. They sure. they are eighteen and zero at home. I mean, they haven't lost. And like I said, their closest game was a five set game, and it was only one. Like it, it'd be different if they had you know multiple five set games. Um, they seem to to be on a roll right now, and I, you know, Murray State's on a roll as well. I think for Murray State to win this game, Daisha Brown, Justino, and Fernando's, you know, like the three names you hear the most when you when you think about Murray State volleyball, they're gonna have to play out of their minds, along with you know the supporting cast of. Rachel Holthouse and Ashley B the setter. So I mean, it's just it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I, th- I speaking with a couple of media guys, I think that they told me that these two teams played in the spring, um, and I think the Racers won a set. Um, yeah, I mean, but from what I've heard, this team basically, I, th- I think the way Coach Schwepker described it was this team basically has two or three Rachel Gustinos. Yes, but five or six inches taller yeah exactly so. they, i mean you know rachel's what five ten five eleven something like that made yeah. with shoes on these girls are all these girls are all about six two six three yeah. and i mean the thing about them is you know a lot of these girls can play those, those front row hitters they can play the back row and what that means that you know usually your front row your your outside hitters your your middle doesn't usually play out a lot so your outside hitters usually can play back and i mean they'll sometimes like rachel does they'll attack from the back mm-hmm which uh, I think will will be a problem for Murray State because, I mean, it's like it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like football where you have a lot of, like, you know, if you have, a, if you have like, if you have, like, you know, three good receivers and a good running back, I mean, it, you can, your quarterback can just pick who you want right. to go to. And I think that's what the way Lexington or Kentucky is where they can really just be like, you know, oh, I'll back set this time, let her take a swing. Oh, it didn't work, we'll let her take a swing. I mean, they're all equally as, yeah. as good. So yeah. it'll be interesting. 
regardless to say, will be a formidable opponent, probably the, the best that the Racers have faced all year by far. Uh, that The first serve in that game will be at 7.30 p.m., like we said, in Lexington, Kentucky. That will be on SEC Network. We will see how the Racers fare when they face probably their toughest test of the year. So uh, that'll do it for us. Any other last thoughts, you gentlemen, as we prepare to go into uh, about a month-long hibernation? Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. Uh, uh, That's hilarious. Uh, All right. Hey. Stay tuned. We will have Barbara Schlaffer and Mackenzie Martin from Murray State's number five ranked rifle team joining us. And stay tuned. All right. Welcome in to the Racer Rundown podcast. We are joined by Barbara Schlaffer and Mackenzie Martin. Uh, they are with Murray State's rifle team, and they took some time out of their busy schedule of the off season to come by and answer some questions. So Keenan is our uh, rifle beat writer, so he's going to kind of lead this uh, this interview today. So, but we're all going to kind of get in on the action and really uh, dive into the world of Murray State rifle. So Keenan, if you want to fire away, all right. Uh, just start nice. off with a real simple one. Uh, how's the season going for you? pretty good so far um we made it once on the number one yeah list so so we came out number one in the nation a couple weeks ago and then followed up with second in the nation to finish off this half of the season it's not bad yeah <laughs> feeling pretty good about it yeah, that's pretty well that's pretty good um so uh what age did y'all start shooting when did y'all learn did y'all like shooting off? I don't know. Come I think I was 14. How old were you? I was about nine. Actually, I started off like super young with um, hunting with my dad. And so at a really early age, like five, I was asking for a gun. My mom didn't really like that. <laughs> so she was like, keep her away, keep her away. And finally, my dad decided that, you know, he thought I was responsible enough and uh, got me a gun for Christmas. So I went down to the rifle range and ran into the junior program there. So that's kind of what got me going. Cool. What, what gun was it? It was a shotgun, and I immediately nice. turned around and said, I want a rifle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's enough of that. <laughs> and how did you start off shooting, um, Barbara? And it's also a family thing. So I always played soccer, and then uh, my uncle actually suggested that I start shooting rifle, just like once to try it. And then I wasn't too bad in it, and... I kind of just kept going. I got into the national team or the junior national team, and I don't know, it just kind of happened. Snowball. <laughs> Snowball. So, so at what point did you guys realize that you wanted to do that and do it at Murray State here? So when I was really little, I saw all the older kids um, getting better and better. Um, but no one quite in my area was good enough for like collegiate shooting. So it wasn't until I started going to like big national matches that I ran into the collegiate shooters and they would just dominate the whole game um and so that's when I really realized that you know my goal wasn't beating you know the kid in my area anymore it was trying to get to the top um and so from that day um I think I really realized that that's what my ultimate goal was was to end up in college and get a scholarship my story is kind of different yeah (laughs) so in my country you don't really have sports connected to um, a university or anything so there's no such thing as university sports and and I got accepted to a school back home and and went to a practice camp to Italy where I met a former West Virginia shooter 
and she like kind of talked to me and then she was like yeah well you you're not too bad I think I would have a coach who, who, who would be interested in you and I'm like well you know it's worth a try I've never thought about it but he's never gonna like text me anyways so <laughs> I gave her my email and a <laughs> yeah, couple of weeks later I got an email from coach and like we kind of got talking and he brought me over here so with those sort of things, like I feel like with other sports, like recruiting is as much as it is like looking at stats and stuff like that, it's still like that personal connection and getting to know the player. Um, with recruiting with Rifle, like where did you and Coach Lawler kind of interact? Like is there that kind of phase of recruiting where you kind of want to get to know the recruit and not maybe look at just the statistics and the how they're shooting every every match like how did you all develop that relationship to where he felt comfortable maybe offering you a scholarship so in my case it was mainly whenever you so you tell them yeah that's about the scores I shoot mm -hmm. and then that's where I want to go um, so in my case I really want to go to the Olympics and then um, it kind of got going so I shot competitions and after the competitions I sent him the score and I would tell him so that's what I did that's what I, what went wrong that's what I want to do better and he suggested things so you kind of figure out okay I like what you suggest me or I don't like it or he says I like the way you think right. or I don't like it I don't know how it was revered. I mean it's kind of like it's kind of like you're seeing how intelligent or less intelligent your coaches you know because I feel like you know what you're saying they offer suggestions and you can judge where you want to go based off that so yeah. I think that's pretty neat Definitely. now did, did you have any interactions with coach Lawler before you came here I know you're from Massachusetts right so yeah did you know him at all or know about Murray State at all I did know about Murray State so I knew about the big colleges that um, were kind of hitting the top marks and making the um, NCAAs and so obviously I was very aware of which teams those were and I didn't quite get the same interaction experience with the coaches because I would see them at big matches but you know as when you're young you can't talk to them because um, it's against the rules. So besides maybe saying like hey nice weather we're having at most I, I didn't really get much of interaction until I went on my um, trips, my trips to schools to visit them. And I was really lucky to get like four or five trips, so I used my maximum um, amount of trips that I could take and visit schools. Um, and I found that when I visited Murray State, I was a little bit miffed because, you know, I, I really liked the feeling of Murray State and it's a small town school and like I really enjoyed that and it felt like home. But I felt like it wasn't the top chart school for rifle and I was really looking for somewhere that would boost me. Um, and so I was really concerned about that. So, you know, I had a conversation with coach where he sat me down and we started looking at scores for the whole team. And it really dawned on me that this team was way better than anyone knew. Um, so that's how, I, I, it wasn't surprising to me at all my freshman year when me and Barbara came onto the team. We jumped up to like, what, fourth in the nation by the end of it, I think? And um, we came out of NCAAs fourth. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think no, before we that, third. third, yeah, third, we had gotten a championship uh, medal or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so, sorry about that. No, that was really surprising to me because um, this team was a lot better than uh, what I had originally thought because I think it said that we were eighth when I came into the school. Okay. Um, so, you know, I realized that the team was a lot better than what I had seen them actually shoot, um, so that's why I decided to come to Murray because I realized the team and the coach were 
pretty extraordinary. Sure. That's pretty impressive there. And I know uh, at one point this season, Barbara, you were leading the nation in small board average as well. And Martin McKenzie, you just left Guadalajara, Mexico, shooting for our uh, national team. You want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, so um, over this past semester, I've kind of traveled a lot to um, some World Cups. Um, I started off in Changwon, and then I went to Munich, Germany, and then back to Changwon again for the World Championships. And I just finished that season in Mexico, as you mentioned. Um, we did really well out there. We came in first for women's prone and first for women's three position, which is two divisions that are Olympic um, matches. Um, that was really eye-opening, I think, this whole semester, going to these different places and really seeing the different cultures, also the different cultures in shooting. I think Barbara's had this experience because she's shot internationally for her team. Um, and I don't think I quite understood the level that you can get to in shooting until I went to these matches because you really see how deep competitors go and how intense they are. And I think that really helped my edge this season is seeing that and wanting to strive to something new. How many like international matches do you all do like individually during the season? So this was a little abnormal because I had qualified earlier um, in the summer mm -hmm. um, for all of these. And so it was one of these big qualification matches that actually qualified me for all of them. It doesn't usually work out gotcha. that way. Um, so this is my first season ever shooting internationally. Um, I'm not sure about Barbara. I, I shoot internationally since I'm probably 16. Okay. More in like the smaller competitions and I think since four years, I do bigger ones. So in 2015, I was at the University, which is the Olympic Games for students. And ever since then, I always did the world student world championships, not the world championships that she did. In my case, it's just my national team doesn't like to send me anywhere because they can't see me enough. Gotcha. So they would like to see me more compete um, at regional competitions and not only over here. It's a little bit complicated if you live away yeah. so far from. Uh, so are those are those funded by the national team? Like, how are you all able to travel and do do some of these tournaments? Um, so all of my competitions were funded by the national team. So gotcha. I made um, what they kind of call um, a minimum score. So I hit that twice. So I was fully okay. funded. So that meant that they would pay for it. Cool. Same with you. Um, mostly. So that's the way it goes with um, World Cups. But uh, all the student competitions, they're funded 90%. So you pay 10% yourself, mm -hmm. which is not a lot. No, yeah. So uh, I'm speaking for myself. I've never been to one of your guys' rifle matches. It's very <laughs> early in the morning on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. Usually I'm at work. I don't know about anybody else. But could you explain how a rifle match actually goes, of course? Go for it, Barbara. It's a so, wild crowd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very well. <laughs> um, so for us competitors, um, the way NCAA does it is first we all shoot small bore. So small bore, um, you shoot in three different positions. So first you shoot 20 shots um, kneeling, then you change over, shoot 20 shots prone, and then you shoot 20 shots standing. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. Um, t small bore is a 22 long range. Okay, I was about to ask. So yeah. I was like, what um, is exactly? So it's a one-shot bolt action with iron sights, um, and the target's 50 feet away. So the target itself is paper, and it's a circle. And it's about like an inch in diameter. 
and the ten ring itself is like the size of a pencil tip, so it's really small. So you can't actually see it when it's done right. range. You just see the shapes. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, a lot of people are pretty miffed by that because they'll be like, "How do you see the ten with the scope?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't have a scope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm just shooting." <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's really fun. Um, and so uh, air rifle comes right after that. So that's um, just compressed air cylinders, and. Uh, those are also single shot with iron sights and the targets a little bit closer But I don't think um, it's really any easier. It's all in standing um, 60 shots, so that's they're, they're not really bullets. They're right. lead pellets. Yeah, just small lead pellets mm -hmm. So um, what's your mental preparation like going into these matches for you since you guys have been such powerhouses throughout your career here in Mercy? You can start. <laughs> so I don't. I think I'm gonna have my preparation is kind of a little bit different than everybody else. So the I do every day before I go to bed. I visualize my competition, and um, I start that a week before the competition. So visualization is something that is very common in sports. So you imagine yourself succeed, basically. So, and then there are other things going into that. So like the way you eat, the way you sleep, that's all very important. But for me, the way I win or lose is with visually, like with visualizing myself winning. Um, I personally haven't done that in a long time. Um, I just actually started talking to my coach about maybe starting that up again um, to try to, you know, bring those scores even further up. Uh, but typically, um, Besides just making sure I eat and sleep normal the night before, um, it's really the morning of the match that's kind of a big deal to me. Um, I used to try to fight the fear of nerves and, you know, your pulse goes up and, and shooting, that makes a big difference um, with your steadiness. Um, and so I used to be afraid of getting nervous and all those things happening and I've recently started maybe facing those fears a little more and just being honest with myself that, hey, it's gonna happen. So my preparation has strayed from before I used to try to avoid those things from happening or trying to ignore them. And now I'm kind of more being aware and trying to have a game plan for when they do happen. Um, so that's usually my match preparation. It's planning out what I'm going to do. Do you, do you listen to like music or anything before? You like a favorite song and get you in the zone? I actually used to. Um, when I was younger, I would listen to like almost the same album. I realized that sometimes if I repeated the album too much, I'd start um, getting nervous because of it rather than the other way around. Um, so now I listen to music every once in a while, but I don't really uh, focus on it. I know she always has her earbuds in in the morning. What you listen to usually? <laughs> yeah. um, to a lot of different songs. For me, more the pace is important mm -hmm. than the songs itself. I like to listen to songs in a different language just okay. because it yeah. helps me zone out and like get into my own zone and the environment kind of like goes in the background. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, it's funny <laughs> that she says that she listens to songs in different languages because she knows like seven languages. Oh, yeah, so I'm like, what is there left? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like languages you don't know? Or just yeah, like, she, like, <laughs> like the few that she doesn't. Like, yeah, yeah. She learns them before the match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, or what? Or something, <laughs> or like in my free like, time. Like, what, what are you banging? Like, what are you listening <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah, what, 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 what language you, you Yeah, what to? language is this? <laughs> um, I listen, like, music-wise, I'm listening to um, German, French, Italian, and English. 
in the Retoromanish, which is a native language of my country. It only does exist in my country. <laughs> um, I'm fluent, I'm only in English, German, and my native German dialect. I speak decent French, and I understand Italian and Retoromanish, but I can't really speak those. I, I understand you if you would talk to me, I can't reply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, barely, I struggled with English class. It was really, it was really tough for me. Yeah, I was going to say pizza. Like, yeah, oh, it's uh, Italian. Yeah. So do you like look down on people that can only, us peasants? Yeah, at least I'm going to No, definitely not. I, the only reason why I know so many languages is because I was exposed to it. So the in school we learned standard German where that's the German where everything is written in, because we don't write down our own language. It's just a spoken language. Oh, that's crazy. And, <laughs> then, <laughs> and then, like, you get into fifth grade, and they're like, okay, you have to learn another language of our country, so you learn French. And then in seventh grade, they're like, oh, yeah, English is important, so you learn English. See, we kind of have that here. Like, I learned Spanish, but I still oh, yes. don't really yeah, no, know Spanish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a concept, because I just yeah. forget my, about my Spanish average, after the class. My advisor yeah. in, like, 10th grade was like, here, you need to learn Spanish. And I was like, muy bien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. The thing is with my – I was in the junior national team, so – Whenever you're in there, you automatically are exposed to all the other three national languages. Because I'm my region, so the East has Swiss German, Retoromanish, and Italian. And then all of a sudden, we have a, had a French coach. So he knew we speak some French, so he only spoke French with us. So I had no other choice. I would, I would definitely try to like psych out other people, you know, like go to college here and start speaking different languages to them. Yeah. Go cuss them out. Yeah, exactly. They're like, like smile the whole time. They're like, hey, thanks. I don't know what you said. And that was a nice lady over there. <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, just real quick, uh, probably wrap it up here soon, but um, what's a, what's your favorite memory here at Mercy that you've had over the years? Oh, there are so many. Oh, I have one. <laughs> Yeah. It, it's, it's this year is shooting next to her because she's left-handed and oh. I'm right-handed. Oh. And so like we five? look at each other. <laughs> no, like for real, we, this is so our sport is very obviously individual. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. we're not passing the ball or anything, but this is the first time I felt like I had like a teammate experience because we know when each other are doing poorly, <laughs> like yeah. it's on our face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes you know she has a knee injury, so sometimes she's in pain and stuff, and I can see that on her face. And, like, I'll make, like, a funny face or something. And I think, like, what was it, a few weeks ago? And I, like, stuck my tongue out and I accidentally, like, licked my gun. <laughs> like, I was trying to cheer her up and I was like, oh, like, what did I just do? And, you know, next thing we're both, like, busting up laughing on the line. You're supposed yeah. to be, like, serious and composed. And we're just dying. And I'm like, yep, this is us now. <laughs> I still remember Coach's face. Like, she walks up to the like, window to happening? see what's happening. <laughs> like, what are they doing? You guys are roommates, you guys, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah, roommates. we're also roommates, yeah. All right, I want to talk about this real quick. Coach Lawler. Um, I've covered Rifle my freshman year. Okay. Um, nice guy. But definitely hard to gauge, Keenan. Uh, you, yeah. you know this. I only talked to him on the phone. I haven't met, met him in person. I think he, I think he hates me, but <laughs> I, I, I might just be his disposition. Like, what, what is his sense of humor? Like, what, what, I don't know. What, what makes him admirable as a coach? So I think at the beginning, um, whenever you get to know him, you 
the way you earn his respect is with hard work. So if he sees you're serious, like he takes you serious and he gives you more freedom with like, when I go practice, I basically talk to him, that's what I'm gonna do today and he approves or he mm -hmm. doesn't. So <laughs> the way you get to know him is really, or in our case is through shooting. And yeah. he's, he loves dad jokes. Yeah, he's a dad. <laughs> yeah. He's a solid dad. Yeah, what's, so like, what's it, the best dad joke you've heard from? The grape one? What is it? Like, what did the green grape say to the purple grape? And he's, it's like, breathe or whatever, because that's why it's purple. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and he says that one all the time. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's how y'all get loose to matches? He just yeah, kind of his pep jokes. talks, a bunch yeah, of with dad like jokes? Yeah, small dad jokes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about last season because I think last season it seemed like you all had all the hype to maybe be the best team and maybe mm -hmm. maybe come home with with first just yep. with with us, how many seniors you all had, um, but ended up with fourth. I think the year before you all got third, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, obviously you all in, in in the NCAA tournament, so you can't really say anything went wrong per se. But um, do you feel like you maybe didn't reach your full potential and? Maybe what what went into that, maybe? So I think to say that whenever you go into the NCAA tournament, um, the whole environment, there is a lot of pressure there. Mm -hmm. And you know, especially last year, mm -hmm. we knew um, we are every bit as good as everybody else on the line. Yeah. We knew we would have the potential to succeed. So um, I think we all worked very hard, we just were in some ways very unlucky and to be very fair what happened is we did not really shoot worse or much worse than we usually did because it's, it's a championship like you're nervous like you have to imagine a shooter releases a shot between two um, pulses of his heartbeat so as faster your heart beats as harder it is sure. to do. Um, so what happened is Kentucky just really shot much higher than their expectations. Yeah. Nobody expected them to shoot that high. So they kind of like low, it, it, we did perform, yeah. didn't perform bad, but they just did perform so much better than everybody else expected it to do. Yeah, so they jumped up there. And then I think there was something interesting about last semester where we all shot the whole season very comfortably. Mm -hmm where, you know, you'd shoot five, count four. So if four people perform well and one person fails, it's not a big deal sure. because four people will right. hold a score up. No. Um, this season's really interesting because, you know, some days we're not all hitting like that. Um, maybe we'll have two or three people that aren't where they're supposed to be. Um, and then we have days where we're all on the same page. Um, and last year we were all very comfortable because we all knew, you know, someone will, else will, like, pull up the score in the end like if I'm not doing well and I think it was kind of interesting because the last day um you know we shoot two different relays the first relay maybe didn't have the score that we wanted so the second relay felt a lot of pressure in some sense um I think maybe this year might be even better in that sense because everyone is feeling that pressure constantly so on the last day that pressure isn't going to be a big deal because it's something we always feel sure. so I think in a weird way even though it's not comfortable maybe that's better sure 
I've got one more question. Yeah, I was just going to ask. I was looking at stats before I came here, and um, looks like, Barbara, you're number one. You've had the highest aggregate of anyone in the country this year, which is what, 1189? Is that right? Um, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. I'm sharp. Um, so even more than Jenny Thrasher, who won a gold medal in 2016. So my question to you is, can you win a gold medal? In the Olympics? And are you better than her? This is oh, your opportunity yes. to talk some trash to West Virginia. Yes. So I uh, down. It is definitely a very nice feeling to see yourself quite a bit above an Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. It's just like yourself it's kind of nice to see um i think um i really want to win an olympic gold medal so to say i have not the potential to do that would be wrong yeah but (laughs) because like you you would not set a goal like that if you wouldn't have the feeling you could reach it it's maybe not the time yet okay so there's still a couple of more years to go till um, the next Olympics. So. You like ask the worst question to the most humble person. <laughs> right. She is you kicking say it. butt. Right. She is kicking butt, yeah. Now, so you'll just, I mean, obviously 2020 will be the next Olympics, so are you, you'll be, are you training for that now then? Um, I am. It, my national team doesn't, so the way it goes, the competitions that Kenzie competed in were competitions where you can win a quota place for the Olympics. So on specific competitions during the year, they will basically give out, you could call it a bed for a room in the Olympic Village. Okay. So only if your nation wins those quota places, they can send people to the Olympics. In my case, um, my nation hasn't won any quota spots. Her nation did in uh, Mexico. Yep. Um, so if my nation doesn't win any quota places, I can't go. Okay. But if we win quota places, I can compete um, at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020 for those quota places. Okay. So there's still a chance that I can make it. But it's kind of hard to tell at the moment because right. if there's no plate, like no spot, I can't go anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you'd be shooting for Switzerland and not U.S. Mm. It's funny. So, so you're gonna throw the match. That people ask me a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you switch switch your? I mean, you know all these languages, so you might yeah, as well yeah, just go yeah. for whoever you want. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I'll be with France today. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. So, um, if you guys didn't become uh, rifle shooters, rifle athletes, what would you be doing today? I don't think I could have escaped it. I think it was fate. (laughs) What would you like to have done? Oh, gosh. There was never anything else I wanted to do. I wasn't doing any other sport or anything. It was always... Because I I hopped around in things when I was little, like dance. You know, I went swimming. I did softball. You know, nothing interested me like this did. You just started blowing things up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little like... I think I would ski. Oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm not allowed to ski right now. Uh, I'll push that out. <laughs> I tell you, I went skiing. It snowed, like, what, two, last week, two yeah. weeks ago? Mm-hmm. I got two wet floor signs, and I put those <laughs> down a hill. And I, I made it, I made it like, almost all the way down the hill until my friend threw a sled in the middle. So I, I thought that was like, 
With some pretty, it's pretty know, much the same thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it's the same you thing. can do like a couple years of training. I might, I might head so out there. You can become the next Bodie Blunt. You know, you never know. You never know. Set your sights high. You'll be in the next Olympics. That's right. 2022 battle. Yeah. Where are those to? Are those 2018? The win is winter? Is it winter? Winter is 2020, yeah. uh, 2022. 22. Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't know if it's already happened. So you guys had a long I got four years of training. Got, there we go. <laughs> we'll get it in. All right. Well, we train. Murray State Rifle will be in their off season, <laughs> grinding and before they open up the season, their spring season on January 24th. You are so sharp. Like a no. pencil, baby. I should be on the team. All right. So go check them out. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Mackenzie and Barbara, for joining us.